Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise podcast. Uh, we're doing the baseball podcast again tonight. And with me, uh, once again, is Dave Brown, national MLB writer for Bally Sports. Dave, how are you doing? Hi, Andy. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me back. It's amazing to be back. I love being asked back. Well, I'm glad you said yes. Oh, and um, uh, Kyle Reichert, who... Uh, is often also on this podcast. Uh, was going to be on tonight. You didn't. You didn't know that. I didn't even tell you that he was going to nope. do it. And then young Kyle bailed again. Kyle has an actual social life. All right. And at the last minute, uh, he must have got a hot date, and he said, that he "I remember those." Said he would not. He would not be able to be on. So for those of you who are worried that I've left poor Kyle, uh, kicked him off the pod, that is not the case. Uh, but I don't know how often he'll he'll slum it to be on with me. But still. Well, good for him for getting out. So last week's podcast, we hit on a couple of topics that actually bore fruit during the week. The first of which was we were talking about whether or not, actually, I believe as we were podcasting, um, the electric personality of, of Tom Ricketts was, actually, I thought, this is this is perfect, Ricketts, I thought that Jed and Tom had taken Seiya Suzuki and his agent, and I assume a translator, out to dinner. No, no, no. They met at Sloan Park. (laughs) Tom's like, would you like some peanuts? It's $6. (laughs) I don't know how many yen that is. But but we talked about that, and we joked about how um, I'm sure that that's the guy you bring in when you really need to seal the deal is Tom Ricketts. But it happened. It did. The Cubs actually signed him. And it was funny. It was one of those rare reported deals where the money kept going up. Usually the agent leaks it. 
and then it's, the money is not as much somehow as they said. But it started off, I think, five. They thought it was five years, seventy million dollars. Then they're like, no, it's five and eighty-five because of the fifteen million dollar posting fee. No, no, no. Turned out it was really five and eighty-five plus the fifteen right. million dollar posting fee. So the Ricketts had to write a, a big. What is that? How many how many figures is that? Eight. I thought you were going to ask how many yen it is. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I barely know how to convert dollars to cents, much less to foreign currencies. But that's uh, genuinely exciting for Cubs fans to have uh, someone who might actually be able to hit. We don't know this for sure, but it's, he's a better chance than many of the other. <laughs> <laughs> They're professional baseball players. They are uh, currently employing. <clears throat> the uh, the scouting reports are good. They say he's uh, you know the best one to come over since Shohei as far as hitting. So I I have to go with that. What do we far. think? What are the odds that he'll be the best Suzuki ever to come? Uh, probably not. That's probably not going to happen. Probably not. No, probably not. You know if he's as, if he's good as. For hitting what Max is, well, Max Suzuki, we don't want that either. Guys. <laughs> Never mind. Is there another Suzuki? I think there is, but I can't think of who it is. No. <clears throat> it's it's funny because it, it becomes very um, easy to forget that Ichiro actually has a second name. What is it? Suzuki. Oh. Yes, that's why that's I don't easy. think I don't think say that can become. But see, that's it because Ichiro went with the I don't. The Mariners, they still have good commercials, but they've always, for the longest time, they've had yes. the best commercials. And they had the one where um, the guys are watching Ichiro take batting practice, and he has they're commenting on how he has his first name on his jersey. And I think yeah. Brett Boone is the one who's talking about it. And then they show <laughs> the game, and it just, just says Brett. He's <laughs> standing at second base with Brett on the back. Like, it's not, it's not working for you, Boone. Sorry. Um, they, also had the, they also have a good one where... Um, it's a close-up of the catcher, and you could tell they have the radar gun, mm-hmm. and it's going off at like 98, 96, or whatever. And then you expect as the camera pans back, you're going to see a pitcher. And so it's just Ichiro throwing in from right field, which is pretty funny. Um, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed. I don't know why I'd be disappointed, but I, I thought that Seiya would put his first name on his jersey, but he's got Suzuki. He's number 27. Because as he said in the press conference, they asked him why he picked it. He said, I love you, Mike Trout. I love you, Mike Trout. Which was very funny. Um, so he seems to have an actual personality, which would be nice. Um, he's going to play his first Cacti League game on Friday. He's been taking live batting practice ever since the, right after the press conference. And I forget what pitcher he is, but he drilled some pitcher with a 112-mile-an-hour line, line mm-hmm. drive. So I guess all that's promising. Um, I did have one Twitter follower who basically said right-handed hitting Japanese uh, players are all suck. It sounds vaguely racist and sidest. <laughs> it's like, oh, the only good ones are the left-handed hitting ones because they need the platoon advantage. Like, okay, well, I'm glad we're already giving up on Seiya. He had a good I- run. He took batting practice for a week before Cub fans went, hell, he sucks. You know, I guess I, if you're a fan of a certain team, it does it doesn't have to just be the Cubs, but you know, sort of a cynicism can take over, a fatalism, a, a whatever. But I mean, that is uh, I've never heard that 
or maybe I have, and it hasn't been, a, it's been a long time, but I've never heard that criticism of Japanese players at large. That, I had never either. He had stats to back it up. I think it may be more. Um, so is he bad against right-handed Japanese pitchers? I don't think he's, I, it, it does not seem that he was bad against uh, righties, lefties, or other. Yeah. In the Japanese league. Um, <clears throat> But we'll see. I mean, we don't know how it's going to translate. And Cub fans are not good at bracing themselves for dis. Well, actually, it's ironic. We we are experienced at disappointment, but we are not very good at handling it. And um, he's he he's he's two things that will work against him in the early going. He is uh, adapting to a brand new league, and he's a high priced free agent signing, and independently. Those players tend to struggle for a little bit at the beginning. They put a lot of pressure on yourself sure. because you want to justify to people that this is why you brought me over. This is why you paid me all the money. Those guys almost inevitably struggle. And then at some point, that kicks in and they just become what they're going to become. Um, a great example of that was the last Japanese hitter that the Cubs got, which was Kosuke, who hit a three-run homer in his first game because Bruce right. tied it up and then didn't get a hit for like another month. But was an all-star. Um, so I can tell you that even though I can warn Cub fans that the, the Seiya you see in August and probably the first half of May is not the guy you're going to get long-term, it won't matter. The first time he's 0 for 4, uh, it will be the end of, oh my God, they've done it again. They wasted all this money and now we're really screwed. Um, but he's going to, he's going to play right field. Ross, that's about as much as Ross would commit to. Um... And I thought that was good because that would get Jason Hayward out of the lineup. But no, all it has done is moved him over to a position in the field that he no that he never really was that good at, but he really isn't anymore. He's not really a very, uh, he doesn't have much range in right field anymore. And if you don't have range in right field, you certainly don't have range in center. No, there's more range. Hold on range. I don't know if you've noticed this. He doesn't hit much. (laughs) I did. I did notice. I mean, he hits. I should. I should. I should restate that he hits the ball a lot. He hits it rather slowly to the second baseman most of the time, which is not a recipe. Um, one of the things I was hoping was that they're not going to deal with the shift this year. They're going to do it next year. Kind of hoping that um, they rule that no one can play halfway between the first and second base bags. Yeah. Jason Hayward win the batting title if there's nobody there. <laughs> Otherwise, that's not going to be good. I, now, part of the reason I think he's playing center is um, Ian Happ can't throw right now. He had elbow surgery. Um, but then they also have a 30-year-old phenom, Rafael Ortega, who right. was who was one of their three best hitters in the second half last year, which is was as impressive as it is sad. Who, like Hayward, is a lefty batter. I don't remember if he's right-handed or not. Does it feel like he is? Who, Ortega? Yeah. Maybe he's at least left-handed. I don't know if he's a switch hitter. I could look. No, he's up. left-handed. I, just, I don't remember if he actually throws right-handed. Oh. I guess it doesn't really matter. He's a center fielder. Um so you can't platoon them because... Right, unless they have weird platoon splits. No, Hayward doesn't hit anybody. 
and Ortega <laughs> Ortega hits right-handers and can't hit lefties at all. He needs a platoon partner, but it can't be Jason Hayward. That doesn't make any sense. Is there a bigger differential or interval or whatever between, you know, in Hayward's case, being a pretty good guy and just no. not being an effective ball player anymore? And like, how, you know, emotionally, how do you? He, some people don't care; they boo or they hate or whatever. But I would have a hard time being mad at he him. He doesn't get. Uh, John Greenberg was on this very podcast a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about Hayward. He doesn't get booed. He's never really gotten booed. Part of it was he had the per- the luck of timing, which was he showed up in 2016, the greatest season of Cub fans' lives, sure. on this juggernaut of a team. And the fact that he struggled, nobody really cared. It was kind of like, God, he's going to hit, right? Some At some point, this guy's going to hit. Look, we're still we're still winning all these games, and he's not even hitting yet. Wait till he hits. Right. And then... The, the mythology of the locker room speech, the weight room speech during the rain delay has basically bought him goodwill forever. And so even people like me who would just as soon see the Cubs finally just let him go. Just eat the last two years of that contract and just let him go. Don't harbor any ill will at him. Like, yeah. nobody ever gets mad at Jason Hayward. You get disappointed that they paid him average 20 three million dollars a year or whatever and he's never really hit but he doesn't he doesn't get booed he doesn't it's just kind of like oh (laughs) (laughs) smart we're not mad at you jason we're just disappointed that's kind of the that's very parental yes very parental feeling about it's like oh isn't it too bad that he was never any good um and i remember not to toot my own horn i was really against the signing at the time, just because I felt like it was a very non-Theo thing to do. It was a Jim Hendry move, and that was, we'll pay a good player like he's a great player, and he'll become a great player. That that doesn't work, and it didn't work. And he was actually not even as good as the good player that I thought they were getting. Um, And then there's the apocryphal tale of, he he had a good playoff series against the Cubs for the Cardinals in 2015, and he hit an opposite field home run the night everybody hit home runs. Um, <laughs> game three. Game three? Yeah, game three. Everybody, the Cubs set a postseason record because everybody from one to seven in the lineup hit a home run or whatever, and then Hayward hit a, a bomb opposite field, I think off Arietta. Um, And Theo and Jed were up in the up in their little box going, oh, this guy's swing is perfect for Wrigley. This is going to mm. be this is going to be great. And they went out and they outbid the Cardinals for him. The Cardinals made a big offer and he came to the Cubs sight unseen. He didn't even bother to make a visit. He's like, no, I was at the playoffs in 2015. Seems like a cool place to play and the guys seem cool. I'm just, I just signed with the Cubs. They're, he basically said, they're younger and I think they're going to be better longer than the Cardinals, so I'm going to go play for the Cubs. And then um, John Malley was the Cubs hitting coach at the time and he the day Hayward showed up for spring training, he immediately changed his swing, which is a good, that's a good sign, I think. <laughs> Give the guy the $184 million contract, and then the first day, like, oh, you've, you're doing it all wrong. We're going to fix it. it wrong. Wait till we unlock this, and he just never hit. And I don't know that he was going to hit before Malley messed with his swing, but he certainly didn't hit afterwards. The, I think the big deal was, for a guy as big as he is, he never hit for the kind of power that everybody thought he was going to hit for. I mean, he's 6'5", and he's built, and they're like, all right, he's right. going to hit 40 homers. 
he had one good homer season for the Braves. That was about it. And I think that was what the Cubs were going to do, was, oh, where do we... <clears throat> Where do we make this tweak? Well, the tweak was now he gets his hands in a weird position and hits the ball down into the dirt every time. It's like, oh, this is great. Um, so I, that was a lot more than about Jason Hayward than I planned to talk about. But uh, um, in the Cub outfield is a little, even with say in it, is a little. Clint Frazier is probably going to be the left fielder. Um, He's looked good in spring training, and everybody's super, you know, people are starting to talk themselves into Clint Frazier, because he certainly has talent, but it's never, he's never put any of it together for any prolonged period of time. Um, I will just caution people that last spring, nobody in the Cactus League could get Jack Peterson out, and then everybody got Jack Peterson out when the season started, um, basically until the playoffs, (laughs) (laughs) even with the Braves. Jack saved all his hits for the second year in a row for October. Uh, so spring training, nothing matters other than right. who's who didn't who is everybody healthy the first day of the season. That's really all you're worried about when spring training right. ends. But Clint's going to get plenty of at bats to try to win a spot. Um, well, he so- needs some some good luck because you know he hasn't he hasn't performed, but he's also had some bad luck. On the field, I think uh, U.S. Cellular almost killed him. On the, the did, he get, did he get caught in the Eloy net too? <laughs> it was low. It was lower. I think it was before the nets. Um, <laughs> yeah, really. It's uh, now he ran into. Uh, you know, they have a, a that low fence in right field and ran into it at some point. At some point, and screwed up his knee. And um, that was a long time ago now. Was that, that, was that his ode to Mickey Mantle? Because you know he wanted. Yeah, right. Clint was famously disappointed that he couldn't wear seven for the Did Yankees. He was seventy-seven. So he's seventy-seven. He's still seventy-seven for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Seven was available when they signed him. It's now Jan Gomes, but at the time he could have had it. And it's like, but you got to change that number. That's not a good. That's not a baseball number. That's not a good number. You're not. You're never going to hit with seventies. Nobody with seventy-seven is ever going to hit. You it's like it. a good left tackle number. Yeah. Yeah, good old. Uh, I can't even think of a Bears seventy. Well, the Bears retired it, didn't they? Isn't didn't they retire seventy seven? Probably they retire. That's. I don't remember this crap podcast. Mike Donahue and I have talked about the the Bears are not allowed. The Bears have to get special permission to retire numbers now. The NFL told them you need to stop. You've retired too many. You don't have enough numbers. Um, it's the guys from the meat era too. It's like, you know, all you know. Joe Fortunato and well, they're very Yankee like in that they actually have a, they have one number that's retired for two guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the Cubs do too, um, but seven is retired mostly for George McAfee. But then it's also it was George Halas's number, right. so it's retired for both of them. Was he even a good player? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. He was also he George Halas also a Yankee. Yes. Um. So here's what I'm sure people who have listened to this podcast have heard this before, and you probably know this because you're a baseball uh, savant. But, you know, the Cubs retired 31 for both Greg Maddox and Fergie Jenkins. Sure. At the time they retired, they were the only pitchers in baseball history who had done what? Do you know? Trivia time. That's a great question. I don't don't remember. They have since been joined by uh, Pedro Martinez and Kurt Schilling. They were at the time they were the only pitchers in baseball history with three thousand strikeouts and fewer 
than a thousand walks, wow. and they both were thirty-one for the Cubs. And then I can't—I should remember this off the top of my head. But do you know how many strikeouts Greg Maddox finished, or walks Greg Maddox finished with? I don't. Nine hundred and ninety-nine. And he had to pitch like the last fifty-two innings of his final season, and he knew, he knew that he were, that he had nine hundred ninety-nine, and did not want to walk the thousandth. And he managed to pitch fifty-two innings at the end of his career, and didn't walk anybody, because he wanted to retire with less than a thousand walks. That's a that's amazing. Yes, and uh, I don't know. That's sort of uh, a little iffy as far as because like you, you worry more about walking a guy. I mean, sometimes you. He was pitching for the Padres, I think, right? Nothing mattered. They were in it? Yeah, nothing mattered. Remember. It didn't. That, All right. You know, if he was still with the Dodgers, he had traded himself from the Cubs to the Dodgers in a pennant race yeah. for uh, Cesar's Torres. He could have done a better job. I always, I'm still mad. Greg's my my all-time favorite player. And I'm still mad that he didn't get more for himself than Cesar's <laughs> Torres. Now, we joke you know, about Cesar's that. Cesar's Torres Jr. is somewhere right now. Yeah. We've always joked about that, about Greg trading himself. There was a Cub player who literally did work out his own trade to get off the team, and uh, that was Phil Nevin. Wow. He traded himself to the ty- to the Twins. He and his agent worked out a trade, called Jim Hendry, and said, you could trade us, you could trade me to the Twins for whoever, and Jim's like, okay. <laughs> you're, basically, what he wants to say was, you're a dick, and we want you out of the clubhouse. Um, my wife and I had dinner with Len Casper once. Excuse me while I pick this name up. <laughs> yeah. And I was, we were just talking to him, and my wife asked him, is there any player that you you really don't like? Any player you've met who you just really don't like? And Len, one of the nicest people in the world, of course. looked at me and said, you can never write this. So I've never written it, but I have mentioned it on a podcast before. It was Phil Nevin. He said, I don't like Phil Nevin at all. And I mentioned it to others around the Cubs, like Mark Gonzalez and Bruce Miles. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, no. He was awful with the Cubs. He was just a royal pain in the ass. That was pretty – you know, Glenn didn't know Dave Kingman, or he'd be on the list. But um, Well, Phil Nevin got himself traded. It's not quite as good as Dickie Knowles being traded for himself. Or maybe it is better. I don't know. But it reminded me of that. That would be a great conversation to have. Dickie, the player player later has finally been determined in your trade, and it's you. (laughs) What? They let him get away with that. Um, who was the? Uh, oh, we can't tell. Uh, Pat Hughes loved to talk about this. We can't anymore. Um, the uh, relief pitcher from the Pirates who did bad things and had to go away. Yeah, he changed his name and he had gotten traded. And Pat always liked to tell whichever Ron was with him at the time. He's literally the player we named later. And that, oh, I guess you could say the David Ortiz oh. could also be a player named later. Right. It's David Arias. David Arias. Um, uh, ESPN Plus is doing this thing. Um, they have, it started with Peyton's Places, where Peyton Manning goes around. They're actually really entertaining. I watched a few and thought, this is good. These are going to suck. And I, these are good. He goes around and he like, he goes to different football towns and they do, he either learns interesting stuff or they do crazy stuff or whatever. Uh, I think the best one is uh, he went to the Astrodome and uh, Dan Pastorini was there and Dan was credited with inventing or at least being the first player to wear a flak jacket and Peyton put the flak jacket on and Dan Pastorini hit him with a baseball bat. <laughs> um, 
so they have they have that, and then Eli did Eli's places where he went around to college towns and did stuff. And they now they have David Ortiz doing baseball ones. And he went to in the most recent episode. He went to Wrigley and got to hang out for a day with Ryan Dempster, which I just loved. But um, he just happened to mention on his way in that he got his first career hit at Wrigley Field. And I would assume he got it as David Arias. Mm-hmm. So I wonder where he got his first hit as David Ortiz. And does he, he have? Did he ha- does he have both? Does he have both balls? Here's my first David Arias hit. Here's my first David Ortiz hit. Wow. You know how they have yeah on Baseball Reference they have that you know on the day by day was traded to <laughs> Oakland on mm-hmm. changed his name to David changed Ortiz yeah. on. Um. Oh, so the other thing we talked about last week that has since happened was, um, baseball really did listen to Joe Madden, and they changed <laughs> the way the designated hitter rule works, and they did exactly the way you thought they were going to do it, which was they basically just said, "All right, the thing we did for the All Star game, we'll just do it all the time." Right. And the way I understand that it works is on the lineup card, he gets listed twice. You put him in the batting order where you want to hit him, and he gets the zero for the DH, and then he's listed as the pitcher. And if you take him out as the pitcher, he gets crossed off, but you don't have to take him out of the game unless you want to as a hitter. Um, I wondered, does it work the other way? Say Joe, for whatever reason, just decides he wants to pinch hit for Shohei, but he wants to leave him in to pitch. I would think he can, right? It sounds like they simply like decoupled the DH from the pitcher. I would I, think that you're right. I don't know for a fact that you're right, but that sounds like you're right. Yes. Yeah. I, would think I so. don't know if we're going to see that happen, but. Oh, it's Joe. Of course we'll see it. Well, right. He'll do He's it just to bored. do it. Right. I mean, this was a guy who entertained himself for an entire evening in Milwaukee by swapping Pedro Strope and Travis Wood <laughs> in and out of left field. Yes. Which I know that's a thing that's been. He wasn't even the first. Uh, I remember the Cubs doing it with uh, Lest, with uh, as Harry would call him Lester Lacknaster. <laughs> yes. Les Lancaster got to shag a few flies out in Les Lancaster. It's my friend Bob Hillier called him. Um, yeah, and I remember uh, the the Mets doing it with Bob Ojeda and somebody, Davey Johnson, switching out Bob Ojeda for lefty righty platoon business. And, and find that highlight somewhere on This Week in Baseball from 1986. So they're calling it the Shohei Rule, uh, which is better than... There's there's a scourge on the internet right now. Not, ghost Runner? Yep, not even Ted Cruz. It's the Ghost Runner. <laughs> it's like, at some point, they the writers have to be doing it just to annoy us, right? Like, they know. Some of them know what an actual Ghost Runner is, and that's not what this is. Somebody bothered me on Twitter about it, and I, I think I, I, I remember last year some people calling it that players or whatever, and that wasn't the popular phrase, but I did I do remember people calling it that. And then when the negotiations started, and like the first story, I remember reading the first story. I'm like, oh, they're gonna call it the Ghost Runner, huh? It's like some some faction of play. I think it's I I, I don't know if it's writers. I think it was players in the negotiating committee called it that and that's what and then it just had wings and that's why we're calling it that now what else did we call it we, there must have been something better well i have a name for it i don't remember if i talked about it last week or not um i want to name it after rob manfred 
because he was the commissioner in charge. I think it should be called the Manfred Man. <laughs> I really want that to stick. Oh boy! I guarantee you. I, I don't know. I don't know what Len Casper's doing these days. Because um, I don't. I don't believe the White Sox have a radio contract. Maybe they do. Um, I guarantee I could get him to call it that. No, they're on. Uh, no, I know they are. It's no, my 44? running joke is that Len just quit yeah. the business. Because yeah. nobody goes from Cubs TV to White Sox radio on purpose. So clearly he just he just quit the business and he's selling insurance with Larry Wisdom and Matt Nagy somewhere in Pennsylvania. That's when did you have that dinner with him and did he talk about this? No, this was years ago. Okay. Because um, there's my, something there. My, I mean, there obviously is something there, and I don't know what it is, but yes, I did ask, I did inquire with him, and he yeah. basically politely said, "None of your business." None of your business, right? As Len, as you would expect, Len Casper to do. Um, it was it was shocking to people like us on the outside. It was not as shocking for people. Um, not that I think people were surprised that he left that soon, but basically it was because everything worked out. He got to stay in town. He he's always claimed he wanted to do radio because, um, you know, he grew up listening to Ernie Harwell and that's what he wanted. He wanted to be Ernie Harwell. And, um, I think the biggest frustration that he had is that when you're the TV guy and your team goes to the playoffs, you don't get to do stop working. You don't get to do the most exciting games they're going to play all year. Now, the Cubs threw him a bone, and he got to fill in. Um, Pat Hughes goes to the bathroom for the entire fifth inning every game. And um, Len, got to, yeah, Len got to do the fifth in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I believe he may have called the David Ross homer. I think that happened in the fifth inning. Maybe Javi's homer in game seven. Um, but then he had to just, you know, he's just there for the rest of the game. So he doesn't get, for the guy who calls, you know, 140-whatever Cub games every year, they win the pennant, they win the World Series, and you're, you didn't get to call any of them. So I think that was part of it. You get to go radio, you get to do the cool stuff. But if he was happy at Mar- with Marquis, he wouldn't have left. And uh, my good friend Dave Kaplan, everyone assumed he was going to be the, the Cub the studio host for everything with the Cubs on Marquee. And he told me he never seriously considered it because he doesn't want to go work there. So there's something. That is, a, I mean, I'm not, I'm preaching to the choir here, but that is one weird channel. It's awful. I was uh, all prepared to make fun of it just because it's what I do. And it's almost not fun right. to make fun of it because they're bad. Like, if they were kind of good, then there's fun stuff to make fun oh. of. I just feel like, and I'm going to do it, but I feel like I'm, because I'm not above piling on. But that's what I feel like I'm doing. Because it's like, they, they can't get out of their own way. They, the one thing they're really good at, they still can't help but tinker with, is that their game broadcasts are good. Yeah. You know, Jim Deshaies is great, and Boog was, is a fine replacement for Len. That's a, it's, it's as good as they possibly could have done to replace him. Yes. But they feel the need for whatever reason to parachute in Ryan Dempster to be a third man in the booth for a while, which uh, I just I've never liked him. But um, he doesn't add anything. He you have him and Deshays. You don't need both. What is he adding that we're not already getting from Jim? No. So yeah. then they put <laughs> then they put Ryan Sandberg in the booth, 
<laughs> and you can go an hour and not know Ryan's there. Right. And all of a sudden you hear him talking. Like, what, Sandberg is there? Has he been there the whole time? It's was like his smiling. mic? Was he sitting on his microphone? Whoa. What happened? Oh, Ryan's here. <laughs> Dynamite drop in, Rhino. Those broadcasting <laughs> lessons are really paying off. I, I, actually, I feel sorry for Ryan. Like, he's he's, uh-huh. he's a complete introvert. He just is. He was a great baseball player. And he's yeah. a legendary Cub. And he's, for an entire generation, he was, like, everybody's favorite Cub. He wasn't mine. <laughs> Sean Dustin and Greg Maddox were mine. But, yeah. um, I, you know, I, I had a complicated thing with Ryan. I knew he was great. Yeah. I always admired how good he was. And I just never really warmed to him. But, um... He's completely ill-suited for this. They one of the, my favorite things was for, the score had him as the post-game guy. Maybe it was even the last year they were still on GN. It might have been that. I bet it was. I bet it was the last year they were on GN. He did Cubs post-game for every game, and he had nothing to say. Wow, nothing. And it's like, why are you making him do this? Not a good idea. No. Even with the hair plugs, you know, you think that I thought maybe that would bring some personality, a lot of confidence. <laughs> Uh, and I don't know if you've seen Ryan, but he um, apparently Restore only gave him like half of them were free, <laughs> and he didn't want to go in for the rest. So it's like you have hair plugs and a bald spot. It's like that, you're not that's that's supposed to happen, Ryan. Is that the Erlacher company? It is. Yeah. Yes. Apparently, Ian Hap is uh, uh, is also on the is on the team. Um, that guy'll sell anything. Coffee. <laughs> well, he does. Podcasts. He's an entrepreneur. I mean, or a, he's gonna uh, wear. He's gonna. He's gonna get thrown out of a game for wearing an obvious shirt instead of his jersey <laughs> onto the field. <laughs> You're out of uniform. What? Um, who else will they bring in? Rick Sutcliffe. Yeah. Sut. It's funny. Sut is like super entertaining for like four innings. Like right. he's got stories. He's got jokes. And then that's like, okay, but but uh, Rick, you're there for three days. You blew all the good stuff in the first three innings of the first game. Oh, and now, yourself. Yes. And now Red what man. are we left with? So, yeah, they're just not. They've somehow made pre- and post-game must-avoid TV instead of must-see TV. It's, been, <laughs> it's just been super frustrating. Um DraftKings, a casino queen sportsbook, is officially live with mobile sports betting in Illinois, just in time to get in on all the college basketball mania. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any tournament team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. Go down to Wrigley, sign up in front of the marquee. Go down to the UC, sign up in front of the Jordan statue. Go find a college campus and sign up on the quad. As long as you're in Illinois... You could sign up and bet from anywhere right from the palm of your hand. Head to the DraftKings the Casino Screen Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and features, including same-game parlays. It's safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings the Casino Queen Sportsbook app now. Use promo code POINTLESS. Bet $5 on any college basketball team to win and get $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code POINTLESS this week at DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. 21 and older, Illinois only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 1-800-426-2537. So back to the actual topic we were on was uh, the DH. Is there... Well, you had a good take, and I stole part of it. Um, Thanks. About how it's, it's basically a self-fulfilling prophecy. The need, the need for the DH in both leagues. In that teams have basically just stopped um, trying to either develop... Basically, they, they take people from a relative young age if you could pitch, and that's all you do. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't hit. You might not even play another position, and that's how you end up with pitchers who just stand there terrified, <laughs> because at and you know at some point they were the best hitter on their team, right? Like every almost yeah. every big league pitcher at some point was just a stud. He played he played shortstop when he didn't pitch, and he hit five forty in high school, and he hit yeah they all looked like Shohei in high school. Right. And now you put him in the box and they can't even get a bunt down because for the first three years they were in the minor leagues, they took batting practice like once a month. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, um, you're you're going to have to bat half the time. So, whoops. Yeah, guys in the lower minor leagues do not in that. I mean, obviously now they don't, but National League teams do not hit at all until you were in double A AA and triple A yep. and were playing another National League team in your minor league game. Yep. Yeah, I worked a summer for the Beloit Snappers, and I asked, um, what, sometimes the pitchers would sit up in the press box. That if <laughs> They weren't supposed to do this, but if it was cold, whoever the, the next day starting pitcher would sneak into the press box to chart pitches because they didn't want to sit out there. And then they would sit and, like, yuck it up. And our favorite guy on that team was, uh, he pitched for the Orioles then later, and I'm some is Dennis Sarfate. Yeah, was like very funny, and we it basically turned into us just asking him a million questions about whatever. And one of the things we talked about was, um, you know, I said, "Well, you know, this is a National League team. When are you ever going to take batting practice again?" And he's like, "I think if I get to Double A, I'll actually take batting practice again." He's like, "It's not going to do much for my hitting to have basically taken four years off before right. I ever pick up a bat again." He's like, "But they just they don't literally they don't want to waste the time on us." He goes, if I asked to take batting practice, they wouldn't let me do it. Right. So. But yeah. so do you, do you think that, um, that that was the right thing to do? The, the, the right philosophy to, uh, I mean, I know that, that the National League still had pitchers hit, but what they were on to that the pitcher, you know, has to spend so much energy and time becoming a pitcher that it's too much to ask the typical dude to do both. No, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's a symptom of the over specific training that athletes do. You know, they don't, it, it's, it's a, it's like a hyper-focused part of the guys get discouraged even from playing another different sport. Like if they decide, if, if they determine like, Oh, this guy, this guy, he's got to throw a baseball 95 miles an hour. They don't even want to play basketball anymore, much less anything else. Yeah. And, um, I think at the minimum, A, until, well, now, there was a 50% chance that if you made it to the biggest, you were going to have to bat. Yeah. And it's an entirely different set of muscles that you have to keep in shape to bat, which is probably, in the long run, beneficial. Yes, I'm sure there are... No team wants to lose a pitcher 
especially in Class A, to a, to a pulled oblique because he was taking batting practice before a game that he can't bat in. But at the same time, you need some, you know, how many games used to be won or lost by the fact that the that your starting pitcher was a complete non-factor at the plate? Right. He couldn't even help himself. You know, it became to the point where any pitcher who could, you know, uh, John Lester was a good example of that. He was like the worst hitting pitcher ever until he wasn't. <laughs> like he was like Ofer's first sixty or whatever it was. <clears throat> you know, he you know, the Red Sox clearly didn't put any time into it. Basically, right. throw him in the cage the series before. He, he might have an interleague series to get a few bunts down. He came over the Cubs and couldn't hit. And then all of a sudden, he was useful. Because he actually had to do it. Yeah. Um, he put in the work. I think your point, right, was that we've changed this rule now so Shohei can do it. And we're never going to have another one. Because who the hell's ever going to find out if their pitchers can hit now? Right. Well, I was, uh, I mean, who knows about this source, but. Somebody was, uh, I was saying similar things on Twitter about how major league teams and the minor leagues had, uh, you know, stopped having their pitchers hit basically. And he's like, they even do it in high school that, you know, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's true. I mean, it, it didn't, I don't know why he would lie, but, um, he said, you know, they, even high school coaches will sort of separate those guys and make them pitchers more than baseball yeah. players. And, uh, you know, if that's true, you know, you can sort of see how it started there and then got into the major leagues where guys lose their ability to hit and make it so you really do need a DH. Yeah. And like you said, into a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm old and we had a DH in Little League. Wow. Like we didn't hardly ever use it because usually our pitchers were our best players. Wasn't the, but there the were teams. The DH is an amateur ball. I think. We're a little different, you could though. DH for anybody. Anybody, yeah. Yeah, and that was all. I also thought that was mean. <laughs> yes. Right. Like he's going to play this kid, and he's not going to any at bats. Yeah, like in little league, but, putting a guy in right field. Yeah. All right. Well, we know why we did that. So. Um. Yeah, but so. Yeah, I'm sure there were a lot of kids who grew up in the only time. They were ever going to have to hit. Well, I guess if they're a national organization, they got to double A, they were going to have to do it. Yeah. But they were going to have to do it in high school. They were going to have to do it in college. And all of a sudden, it's like, ah, oh, crap, I got a bat? I don't want to do that. I mean, I would have been the opposite. Because all I ever, the entire time I played baseball, the only thing I ever wanted to do was hit. So, yeah. you know, if you'd have told me you were DH'ing for me, I'd be like, screw you, I'm batting. <laughs> and they're like, well, then you're not playing. What? Um, but yeah, so now we've got this fancy new rule. And I, you never say never. There will, you know, there always can be some other guy who tears it up in both, and all of a sudden he's the next dual threat. But it's not. It's. I'm glad they're going to do it for Shohei, but it's. It, I think it really is kind of a rule for one guy. Yeah, for sure. They, I mean, they, obviously they, it pertains to it, but who else is going to do it? Yeah, like well, Michael, I mean, Michael Lorenzen isn't he also an angel? So maybe they. Yes. So Shohei's going to be DHing for Michael Lorenzen and pissing Michael <laughs> Lorenzen off. I should be hitting. Like, no, you're not. You're good. You're okay, but you're not Shohei. So, Lorenzen has said that they're going to put him in the outfield sometime, and it's the Angels, so they probably will. Yeah, Joe will, will do it. You should just give all the dual threat guys to Joe because they'll actually use him. <laughs> probably at but crazy yeah, times like, when he shouldn't. There, there is, I mean, you know, they, they talk about, you know, fomenting the next 
or making it so there's more show haze in the future, whatever that means. But I mean, you know, not to beat this dead horse, but, you know, like Granky on the Royals, good hitter, you know, like a 300 slugging percentage, yeah. you know, 110 ISO power, you know, and typical is 150 or 155. And Madison Bumgarner's got 19 home runs, but it took him like 700 plate appearances to get there. And, and he's not even, you know, it's like, are, does Zach Greinke really want Zach Greinke to hit for himself in he a does. game to help him win? No, he does not. I mean, he, he wants to hit because it's fun, like you do. Yep. But is that going to make the Royals better? Putting No. No. The worst the worst hitter on their bench is a far better option yeah. than the best hitting pitcher they have. So it's just not going to happen. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Um, another rule that uh, has gotten um, delayed is the because it, it, we're going to start with 28 guys instead of 26 for the first. I believe it's all April. It, it was a little mushy as to when that was going to end, but I think they just yeah. decided to do it for the first month. Uh, also the means May starts on May 2nd, and I've heard that as okay. It also means then that they aren't going to um, enforce the you can only have 13 pitchers on your roster. I don't know if you saw that Scott Service threw a fit that they were actually <laughs> going to have that rule. And it's like, Scott, that's eight guys in a bullpen. You can't get by with eight guys in your bullpen. Um, My safety net. It just so happened to be then that on Remember This Crap last week, we spun the wheel, landed <laughs> on 1980. I don't know if you're familiar with that podcast, but on that podcast, Mike Donahue and I, we have a wheel that has every Cub team from 1980 to 2011. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the broadcast, at the beginning of the podcast, I hit the thing. The wheel spins. It lands on here, and we just have to talk about it. There's, I, I've often said, it's not research this crap. It's remember this crap, right? <laughs> and we just try to remember things that happened in that season and with players and whatever. And it just so happened I had just been talking to somebody else about that Scott Service quote, and that we landed on the 1980 Cubs. And for the entire season, the 1980 Cubs used 12 pitchers. Yeah. They had a four-man rotation and probably a six-man bullpen. Yes. And they ended up using two other guys all year. 
It's for the, for the kids at home. That doesn't mean they had 12 pitchers on their staff at all times. <laughs> they only used 12 guys total in the right. entire season. Scott Service's poor little head would have exploded. Two of them were Lynn McLaughlin. I think Lynn made... I think Russell, Russell made 40 starts. Mike Kruko, I think, made 40. Sounds right. I think McLaughlin made like 34 starts and had like 15 or 16 relief appearances. <laughs> and I don't Over remember, it. I don't know if that was the year that Lynn got hit in the forehead with a line drive and stayed in the game. I don't know. Hmm. He took one right between the eyes and just pulled the ball out of his forehead and <laughs> got back on the... <laughs> Got back on the rubber and threw the next pitch. Like, ah, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, things have changed a little bit. I even heard on, uh, I don't know who was doing the play-by-play of the Dodger game tonight, but him and Rick Monday were complaining about the new rule that um, you can only option a guy five times. Right. And they were like, well, how's this going to work? And they listed (laughs) two pitchers last year that the Dodgers optioned nine times. And I'm sitting in here going, they're not going to do that, Rick. That's what's going to that's what's going to happen. He's like, well, it's only a forty man roster, and you got twenty six guys. That only gives you fourteen extra guys. And what are you going to do? It's like you don't you you shuttle those guys by choice, not because you have to. And now you're just not going to be able to do it as much. You still, I mean, that's five's a lot. It really is. Yeah. Um, and then there's also a new rule about um, if you waive a player. Then you can never, you can't reclaim that player if he gets waived until it's gone through the entire league. And they had the example. I don't know. You'll probably know this guy. There was a guy who kept getting shuttled back and forth between the Mariners and the Brewers last year. Yeah, Jacob Nottingham. Yeah, Catch one him. would wave him, the other team would claim him, and then yes. they'd have to wave him, and he'd go back. And he never, he never had to make it all the way through waivers. The Mariners could keep <laughs> grabbing him, or the Brewers, and now they've changed that. You got to let other teams with more wins than you get a crack at him. Yes. Uh, you don't just automatically get to claim him again. So just weird stuff like that. I, um, the team I think that will be most affected by the rule changes, oh, the Rays will, but the, are the Brewers. Because nobody loves to shuttle guys between AAA and their bullpen, quite like Craig Council and the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. So if it screws them, I'm all for it. <laughs> right. So I'm happy. The Cubs could never, even the, the brilliance of Theo, could never quite figure that out. Hmm. The, the Cubs for the longest time, and they still do it. It's like it's like they didn't under they didn't remember there was an injured list. <laughs> yeah, and then when the injured list got cut down to ten days, they still would forget it. Like Javi was like day to day with a heel injury for like a month. Uh, drives you crazy. That's like we couldn't have just put him on the D. How about retroactively now? You could bring him back tomorrow. Like, no, we're <laughs> not we're not going to DL him. No, that's great. And it turned out he had like a broken bone in his foot or whatever. They just couldn't see it on the scan. It's like, oh, for Christ's sakes. Some teams are just not as savvy as others are. A player I want to ask you about is a guy in your neck of the woods. Um, Is uh, the Bobby Witt the lesser. The younger younger Bobby Witt. Um who I'm sure you've seen because the whole world has seen. He had the, he had a homer in spring training yesterday, I think. Yes. And somebody over somebody put side by side his swing with Mike Trout's swing. And other than Trout having a higher leg kick, it looks exactly the same. Which clearly means 
he's the next Mike Trout. Because if your swing <laughs> right. looks like the other guy, you've got it. Um, but he is apparently, like, far and away the best prospect in baseball. Well, he's uh... – some people might say Julio Rodriguez with the Mariners, okay. but I think Witt is is closer. He was, uh, you know, if we if we hadn't had the pandemic, he might have been up already because he lost some time. He's just one of those guys <clears throat> that, uh, you know, I don't think I think Mike Trout is that's high praise. Um, I think he he doesn't. I don't think he's going to have as high a batting average as Mike Trout. He doesn't have as good of a, a batting eye. I think you know his, he's not going to walk as much. He's going to strike out a little more. So the the stroke, sure, but um, and the sound. I know I wrote yesterday. Comment commented on the the sound that the that home run made, and it was just amazing. It was like uh, I said, it was like the foley artists who knock the the t bones together in a boxing movie to simulate. Uh, you know, flesh hitting a boxing glove. It was just a obscene, crazy sound, and the the the, the screaming, the orgasmic screaming from the dugout <laughs> of the the teammates going, oh, you know, they they were fanboying it up, and uh, so you know, with some limitations, he looks great. I think uh, I, I I bet he he could even throw more strikes than Bobby Witt his dad when he was yeah. pitching. So, uh, are any of his limitations having Mike Matheny as his manager? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure Mike's learned some lessons over the years, but uh, you know, I it's good. It, mostly that is gonna be mostly in commercial real estate. That was a, <laughs> oh, man. That's what Mike learned the lessons in. Yes. Well, hopefully. Yeah. Um, Not every strip hopefully. mall is a gold mine, Mike. Sorry. <laughs> it's yeah. It's been a it's been a great time these past 15 years or so for some real estate, but not all. <laughs> so, and he, he hasn't always had the best luck, but he's going to play third base. He's, you know, I guess he's a natural shortstop, but he's kind of a big dude, and um, it's uh, it's exciting to uh, to have him coming to Kansas City. They need the help. Do you think he's a better uh, all around uh, player shortstop than uh, Andrelton Simmons? <laughs> Andrelton can still go get the ball. Okay, I think um, his numbers are good there. Um, but yeah, I would say if you if you put him at short, you'd have better results team wise in the long run. Somebody's you know, uh, Yeah. You know, I, I still think Anderson can play. He can pick it. But um like we said last week, you know, he had that peak a little bit with the Angels and then he's coming down the other side of the mountain with the hitting. So Well if uh, he only plays the games when Nico Horner is injured, he'll only play in like hundred and fifty two games this year. So he didn't get hurt tonight, did he, Nico? Uh, no, I'm sure he's saving the, the quad strain for uh, his first at bat of the regular season. Right. Yeah. So uh, they'll give him that way. He can go a third consecutive season without a home run. It'll be great. Um, oh, the, the, the star started Cub team. <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw this, but they signed uh, Jonathan VR. They did too. So uh, he apparently is, uh, is, uh, Patrick wisdom insurance. Because everybody should have Patrick Wisdom insurance. I think Ian Happ sells that. Yeah, well, he's, yeah, I'm sure. On the sides. Yeah. With the hair plugs and the coffee and the t-shirts and the podcast. And Yeah, Patrick, uh, like you you said last week, is I think he's a pretty good 
player, you know, he's got other skills other than hitting. He can play defense at third base. Yep. Um, so, you know, we like in a, in an Andrelton Simmons sort of way, we can appreciate that. Part he's, of ha- he's handsome. The women, the oh, women, women like Patrick wisdom. He's, he's got he's a really got a, cool name. Yeah. Well, he's got a cool nickname. P Wiz. <laughs> we gave him that. Not a lot of I wisdom. I can't take full credit for that. Up with that. Andrew C. Slack. Um, he came up with P Wiz. I just, yeah. I just promoted it. <laughs> He is. That's good. Uh, I'm yeah. warming to it, sort of, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. You can feel it. There's a warmth going down your leg at the moment. Started as a trickle, but it now is, I'm, it I'm is into it. Whiz. Yeah, it's one of those things where you know if he could just cut the strikeouts down, it'd be a star. It's like, oh well, he strikes all? out 65 percent of the time. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that's too many. I don't know the, I don't know the the likelihood that we're going to be cutting those strikeouts down. Um. It is Jonathan VR is a good, uh, you know, he's a guy that you want uh, playing a couple days a week in three, two or three positions, and I like that move. Yes. Now it's not. Is his name? Is it short for something? Is it virtual reality? <laughs> I was gonna make that joke, and I'm like, don't, don't make that joke, <laughs> no, don't worry. Just wait a second. Andy will make that joke. Yeah, That'll right. Be better. Just let him but walk right. I into admit that. that it came, it popped into my head to say Jonathan VR or Jonathan virtual reality. But it's a, I could see the Cubs. I, I could see the Cubs subbing him into the first game at third base with the goggles on. <laughs> Ball hit right at him and just brains him. Apparently, there's a lag. I didn't know it was coming. Photoshop. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, the Cubs sometimes they just they make it too easy. Uh, they have a slogan, the official slogan of yeah, the team I this saw. year. Uh, it's just over here. Fault. What is it? It's just different here. It's just different here, right? Yeah, it, it certainly is. <laughs> it's actually Boog's fault. He said that in his introductory press conference last year, and it's not the first time that the Cubs have just taken uh, a line from a press conference. There, uh, Theo gave his whole "baseball is better" speech at his introductory, mm-hmm. um, and they tried to they tried to make that a thing. And then they tried um, That's Cub. Mm. Theo was big on trying to make That's Cub be an actual, like, become shorthand for excellence. Right. You know, like, well, a guy, you know, hitter um, goes, the, goes, the out, goes the other way with two strikes, gets a big hit, That's Cub. When in reality, we know what That's Cub is. Um you know, a guy runs headlong into the tarp. <laughs> that's Cub. He gets lost be, in the ivy. Now that's that's Cub. It gives up a gives up a grand slam like um uh oh, why am I blanking on who's the uh he pitched with Dempster for the Rangers. Um they both did horrible Harry Carey impressions. It's a left hander. Derek Holland. Derek Holland. Gave up with a three-run lead. Gave up a grand slam to Bryce Harper, a walk-off grand slam to Bryce Harper in Philly. Yeah, that's Cub. That's what that's <laughs> Cub. No matter what you did, that's was going to stick. And then it's just different here. Is it's just it? it they're just asking for it. I don't, so Boog said that. It sounds Boog more like said, he said it's just it's just different. Like Tom. And uh, it took him a year. There was a delayed reaction, and they're like, "Hey, we need a slogan." What? They got a workshop. What the, what the, what the big redheaded guy say? Let's go with that. 
and Beats <laughs> having Beats having to pay a ad agency to come up with it. We'll just steal one from our own broadcaster. It's just different here. It sure is. That one of my frustrations, and I have a lot of frustrations, was um, the Cubs are busy stockpiling veteran relief pitchers, veteran pitchers. Yeah. Um, with it's very clear with an eye on flipping them in July and right. getting more uh, prospects. I don't know what kind of prospects you're getting for these guys, but um, you know they hopefully they'll hit lightning at a bile. I mean, they did once get uh, Pedro Strope and Jake Arrieta for Scott Feldman, so you know stuff can happen. Right. And Steve Clevenger, of course. I'm sure he was the key part of that. <laughs> um, but they don't seem to have the foresight to do that with, like, position players. Hmm. And that my frustration was, couldn't we have found somebody who could play center field? Even if they, even if all they can do is defensively, they can handle it. And then maybe that's a guy that you could flip. I mean, they kind of actually did it last year with Jake Marisnik. At least they had a guy yeah. who could handle it defensively. Of course, he was always hurt, so he never didn't get to do it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they've got, they're bringing it back. The, uh, they brought Drew Smiley back who finally, they finally get to see Drew Smiley pitch. They let him <laughs> rehab for a year and then they had to let him go so they could afford Cole Hamill's, um, contract ex- or, uh, option year. That was, that was a good sign for the financial resources of the club. Um, they get Chris Martin, um, yep. Stephen Bro. I guess it's Brawl. I just I like Bro. Um, he, however, is they had to move him to a minor league deal because he's got a he's got a bum flipper. So that's a good sign right away. The but one they, he uses to throw? bring all these guys in. Um, they just officially signed Michael Givens today, even though he apparently had promised to come like two weeks ago. He's probably the closest thing they actually have to a closer. It's yeah. It's 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 it's. it's it could be very bad. But your your complaint, I want to address that. I think that's one of my complaints about teams sort of like the Cubs, but really more teams like the Orioles and the Indians and or the Guardians at the bottom who don't sign anybody. Yeah. Like, couldn't you sign somebody that we've heard of, you know, to not only spend your money, but and to make the team better for now, but to flip later. You know, if you don't want to do it from the standpoint of, well, we're not going to win the World Series this year, so we don't give a crap, whatever. But, okay, talking a language you do understand, you know, why don't you sign Jock Petersons or whatever to fill out your outfield and, uh, you know, pay him something so the team does look a little better and then you can flip them later. I don't understand why they don't do that. No. No, and that was supposedly what was actually going to, that was what all of the the things in the new CBA were going to encourage that. Like, it doesn't do you any good to lose. But, but you lose. didn't believe that. For I didn't second. believe it, no. Their whole thing about, well, it doesn't do you any good to lose 108 games because you might end up picking fourth. <laughs> so why don't you try to win? Here's a novel idea. Why don't you try to win 70 games this year? Because <laughs> oh you still might pick first. And they're like, okay, but we'd have to pay those guys. We don't want to do that. So you already, you know, they're like, you know, the do, the the evil Dolans in Cleveland are like <laughs> the ones with all the money. Um, they're like, oh no, no, uh, we already had to give a raise to all the minimum salary guys that we got. That's where our money went. 
Yeah. It's like, yeah, you had to give them all an extra $20,000. <laughs> I don't think you went broke. Ugh. Yeah, there was just a thing today about there were a couple of Cubs that got had to get their contracts torn up and get new ones because yeah. they, they, they had signed before the um, – before the lockout for less than the minimum salary. <laughs> so the uh, Cubs had to go, I, apparently, apparently we're going to have to pay you more than this. Yeah. Well, they probably went to, but Hey guys, good news. You know, <laughs> you're getting paid, you're getting paid the, the, uh, the correct minimum wage. Now, how do you feel about that? Do you make a lot of money, Jake? Or I hear baseball players make a lot of money, Jake. Oh, it depends on how good you are. Oh, how good are you? I make the league minimum. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that. Would, especially if you're not if you're not a first year player, and right. you show up for spring training, and they have to they have to tear up your contract because you and your agent did such a good job that you actually came in at below what the league <laughs> the league minimum was. <laughs> and I'm sure the Cubs are like, yeah, you're not seeing any of this. You're going, word you are you you can sign this, but you're that doesn't mean you're not going to Des Moines. <laughs> Cubs brought Robel Garcia back and I just assumed it was because he probably still has he can't get out of his lease on his condo in Des Moines he's like I'll just, can I, I'll just go back to the Cubs it'll be cheaper I'm already paying on that damn thing I'll just go play there ah uh, baseball it's the greatest so um, we've got what just two weeks right before opening day it's two weeks it's, from uh, tomorrow, Thursday. It's barreling right down on us. Um, yeah, that'll be exciting, I guess, for some teams. Um, it will be nice to see real baseball again. I just, I was happy to see. It's nice to have spring training games on, kind of in the background, because it's baseball. Yeah. But it's still not baseball. It's, I mean, it's baseball, but it's like I don't know who any. Even for the Cubs, I don't know who any of these people are. I'm not going to get attached. They're not, you know. Um, I'll wait until the real guys start, and then somebody had to remind me. No, these are the this is the these are the Cubs. This is all. That's left. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, what? It's nice when uh, apparently Wilson Contreras um, had told um, Miguel Amaya that he better get, get healthy because he's going to be the catcher pretty soon. I saw that. <laughs> Yeah, they're getting rid of me, so you're going to want to hurry up <laughs> from Tommy John disease and start playing again. Yeah, it's the there are only I think the Cubs are down to three guys, right? That are left from the World Series team. I think, I think we're down mean? to I think we're down to Contreras, Hayward, and Hendricks. Right. I think that's it. I think that is. And it's uh, Kyle's the only one they resigned. Hap was the year after, right? Yeah, Hap came up the year after. Yeah. Um. So Kyle's probably got to be like, why did I, why did I stay? (laughs) 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 I I clearly could have got a better deal somewhere. But that's, I mean, that's the the uh, uh, the retrofitting is not the right word, but now it's a well look. The Cubs offered all these guys more money than they got out on the open market. Yeah. So clearly, the, all those guys screwed up. It's like, okay, well, clearly, those guys wanted to go, too. Mm. Right? Like, something happened where they were like, eh. And the other thing is, when you're 
when you're negotiating with your own players, you're also you're you might end up having you might end up paying them more than their market value to keep them off the market. I don't think you get to walk around with a badge of honor. Well, that contract was actually a little bit more than they signed for. Well, you don't have him anymore. So what did that right. accomplish? <laughs> you felt like if you felt like offering Chris Bryant two hundred million dollars in twenty seventeen was the best you could possibly do, even though and he said, "Well, he signed for one hundred eighty-two, so that's less." Well, yeah, but you also were going to buy out like three arbitration years, so you would have needed to have really paid him like two forty to equal what he ended up making. And you, yeah, you don't and get to brag about it because if you want, if you thought enough to, you were gonna, willing to pay him two hundred million dollars. You wanted to keep him, and you just refused to go to a number where you could keep him. So, congratulations, nice job. And you, you brought up a good point about how, well, you know, they 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 didn't like how things were going in other ways, and they wanted to leave. And the organization isn't all you guys think it's cracked up to be, and you know. Maybe that is something that should be addressed. It's just, on the inside. It's just different here. <laughs> yeah. It says on the pocket schedule. I mean, Rizzo was pretty open about how he wanted to stay. He really, he loved playing for the Cubs. That was great. But he had a number that they had, they were going to have to get to and they refused to get to it. And he's like, well then I'm, I want to stay, but I'm not just staying for your price. You yeah. know, and I get it. I mean, with any athlete, you're either paying for, um, what they've already done or what you think they're going to do. You're never really paying for what it's very rare when you find that middle spot yeah. where you're paying that guy exactly what he's worth. You're either projecting a young player and hoping you're not overpaying him or you're bringing in a veteran who you're paying him that much because his track record demands that much money. I get that. But at some point, if you're going to have a good team, you got to pay somebody. And the Cubs, don't seem, the Cubs don't seem to want to pay anybody. Yeah, you're right. If you want to have a good team, for sure. Yeah, I mean the, and you know people could be apologists for all this and go well. You know if you look if you crunch the numbers, you look at this. It's like their job is to try to find as many good players as you can. If you're if you're a GM, that's what your job is. I mean that was the that's a lesson that the 2016 Cubs apparently didn't learn from themselves. Part of the reason that team was so good is they didn't have any bad players on it. <laughs> like they just literally had a really good, really deep team they lost guys during the season I mean, Kyle Schwarber on the third day of the season tears his knee into a, into shreds and they were able to get through that even with their right fielder never getting a hit they were good <laughs> enough actually I should say they like, although he at that point one of the other th- misunderstood things about 2016 Cubs is that they played incredible defense yeah and Hayward was a huge part of that even as much as you can be in an outfield he was a, he was the best right defensive right fielder so he had value and then it just seemed like they were like, well, okay, well, we don't need, you know, that thing we were, all those things we were really good at, the we won the World Series, hey, we don't really need to do that because that's going to get more expensive. So we'll just find a different way to do it. And then you never get back. And, you know, to go from that roster six years later to the one they have, it's like, how the hell did you do this? How did you, how did you screw this up that much that fast? They did. I mean... I don't know how things would have been different if they had better fortune in the playoffs one more time and won one more championship. Maybe, I don't know, but it, it did, it, it did always seem even after the first championship, even with the good teams that they had in the immediate years after 
that there were corners cut, that there were, you know, that they didn't go quite all out. And it, like you said, it came around and, and bit them in the butt. But I do wonder, I don't know, would we feel better about it had they gotten more out of that nucleus that they had and won one more World Series? It's Yeah, that, obviously that would have helped. But it's they never, you would think with that team they had, you know, after 2015 and after 2016, they only won one other playoff series ever. Yeah. And it was that freakish one against the Nationals that we talked about last week with the Max Scherzer's inning from hell. <laughs> and I think that's the I think that's the thing that leaves Cub fans the most disappointed is there was no like prolonged run, even of like heartbreaking oh, remember that NLCS that we lost? I mean the so like the Cardinals who would just detest. They had this long run of just getting kicked in the stomach. You know, Travis Ishikawa and they make the World Series against the Red Sox, and they they have to bear the brunt of the they they're the team yeah. that got swept and all that stuff. It comes they didn't really do that. They they you know they 2015 was a lot of fun. They were overmatched in the NLCS against the Mets pitching. They win the World Series in 2016. They win a series in 2017, but they were completely outclassed by the Dodgers. The next year they get completely outclassed by the Dodgers. Oh no! Then the next year they have the horrible they. They have one of the best teams in baseball, and then they just their offense just disappears at the end, yeah. and they end up having to play a game one sixty three against the Brewers and lose it, and then they had to they played the Rockies and lost lost the freaking Rockies in fourteen innings in a wildcard game, and that was it. That's where it ended. I mean, yes, they got yeah. to the playoffs in twenty twenty against the Marlins, and scored one run in two games. But I mean, that's the thing that's so like unsatisfying about it was, like, if you'd have told us, you're only going to win one World Series, but you're going to have this core of players, we're going to have a lot, you're going to have some cool October wins, even outside of that year. And we really, other than, we don't have very many. I think that's the thing that left Cub fans completely like, you know, is that all there is? For all that, that's all we got? So, but you're right, they, a lot of it had to do with, well, there were two big things that, um, Theo's plan was draft the college players, college offensive players high, guys who could get to the big leagues relatively quickly. Yeah. And we'll sign veteran pitching. And then we get that in place, and then we're going to start drafting all these young pitchers. And as our young core of position players start to get expensive, we will have all this cheap pitching that will slide in behind them and they went years, and they didn't develop a single starting pitcher. No. And they couldn't even, those draft picks, they didn't even get, like, Dwayne Underwood was, like, the best relief pitcher they developed for a while. It's right. like, and they couldn't develop anybody. They struck out on every single guy. And then they were having to then pay for pitching. They had to go get Cole Hamels, and then they had to pick up his option. And they were all of a sudden spending money in spots that they didn't intend to spend it on. And then there's the famous case of... They sign you Darvish to a deal that was considered a bargain at the time, and Theo was all excited about it, and at Hughes' press conference said, this was a price that was just too good to pass up, use an impact pitcher, and now we'll have money, because we spent less than we thought we were going to. We're going to have money to spend on other positions, and then yeah. the Ricketts took the money away. Right. So they clearly changed Theo's plan on him during the middle of what was supposed to be their run. Right. And that's completely self-inflicted. So, that's fun. 
But now everything's fine because we have Frank Schwindel. It's different here now. And Patrick was thinking it's different here. It sure is. Um, but, you know, they... You know, the Wilson was kind of like the last guy standing after at the trade deadline last year. And I think the yeah. general assumption was, okay, well, that must be the one guy, you know, they're going to keep. And it's just a few months later, it's very clear they have no intention of keeping him. Right. No. He, he can't get them to offer him a multi-year contract. I said, well, why don't you trade him right now then? You're going to take your catcher into the season and hope he, you're going to trade him? And he gets hurt because he's a catcher, and he gets hurt, and then yeah, you get right. nothing for him, and then he leaves. So I don't catching understand is a it. weird market. They're probably figuring that some contender will have their catcher get hurt, and I don't know, maybe the Yankees because they have kind of weak catchers right now. I don't know, but oh, there's Yankee fans and Padre fans are both cooking up all kinds of fun trade rumors for Wilson, and they're all just like one guy suggested right. he, he even made a graphic because he knew he was serious. And the Cubs were going to get, see if you go for this trade. Here's what the Cubs were going to get for Wilson Contreras. They were going to get Eric Hosmer and Will Myers <laughs> and Victor Caratini. How could you turn that down? Oh, my God. That's great. It's like, buddy, you don't seem to understand that the Padres are trying to package Myers or Hosmer with a prospect just to get somebody to take him. Right. You don't get to trade that for Wilson Contreras. Sorry. No. I don't know. Maybe the Cubs will trade Wilson to uh, the Yankees and get Glaber back mm. and atone for that. You know, <laughs> we never got to see Glaber as we had. Instead, we had to have a roll this and we had to win a World Series. Well, if he hits like he did last year, we don't want to see Glaber. No, that's why he's. I'm sure he's imminently available. Right. Although, if if that was just a fluke, although the last couple of years he's been down a little bit. He starts hitting again. He'll be a fair-haired kid, so because they they need it. They as much as money as the Yankees spend, and don't go the nth degree anymore. You know, I know they're the third, whatever payroll, but um, you know, if Glaber doesn't hit, and I forget who else is not hitting anymore in that lineup, but um, you know, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna finish third or fourth. There's nothing that wrong with Glaber that a couple of series with the Orioles won't fix. <laughs> <laughs> we got six games coming up in the next two weeks with the Orioles, Glaber. I'm sure you'll hit 12 home runs and everything will be fine. <laughs> and he had 18 home runs against them one year. Some yeah. just ridiculous number. Something like that. <laughs> Hitting the grand slam in every series yep. and two in a game. and Yeah, and it's not like the Orioles got good, and that's why he stopped hitting them. I no. Mean, that, that didn't happen. All right. Well, I think we've uh, we hit on everything I wanted to talk about, and that's really the most important thing. It right? is. is that we talked about the things that I want to talk about. I wanted to talk about some of those things too. Okay, good. I'm glad. Uh, all right. So I appreciate it. So, so Dave, um, mm-hmm. people can find your fine work at uh, BellySports.com. Yes. Yes. Uh, and on the twitters at at Answer Dave. Answer Dave. All right. Give me a follow, please. Well, it's good to talk to you again, and we'll uh, we'll have to do this again sometime soon. Thanks, Andy. All right. Thanks, Dave. Mm-hmm. Many of us have herpes. 
Are you a sicko?